but I think we all need to be doing. Um, there you go. One of the things that we really need to be doing right off the jump as a new head coach taking on a new group is um, making sure that you are connecting with your athletes right away um, and doing everything you can to reach them, uh, everything you can to talk to them on the phone, meet up with them in person. Um, you know, now with Zoom and, and everything else, the whole world has become accustomed to video conferencing. So, you know, getting getting people connected individually, but getting people connected on a phone call. I remember I took on a, a university team in 2016. It's not that long ago, um, but in 2016, Zoom, I mean, the idea of jumping onto a video conference was, I mean, it wasn't really top of mind, right? It wasn't something that we did. No. Um, and, you know, now I, I, I could see, I mean, obviously, for, hey, let's, let's organize everybody. We're going to hop onto a call. We're going to meet each other virtually. We're going to talk, you know, share some, sh share some info and that sort of stuff, get to know each other a little bit. But back then, I mean, I, I had a ton of phone calls um, and, you know, I traveled in some cases to other areas to meet people in person. Um, but otherwise, you know, for the most part, I didn't see my team until the start of preseason training camp in person. Um, and even though Zoom is not in person, you still can do so much. Uh, so I think making use of any sort of technology or any sort of resource that you have available uh, to make it happen. But the number one thing is you got to connect with your team. Yes. Got to connect with your team first and foremost. Don't worry about your you know, the board or the, the directors or anything like that. Don't worry about your assistant coaches, you're building your coaching staff, you know, that is second and third, you know, in terms of importance, first off, you've been appointed, you got to get to know your team and, and you have to make sure that you can speak to some of their fears, some of their anxieties, um, you know, with a new person coming in, they're probably afraid of change. Uh, not sure what it's going to mean for them or their role in the team. Um, what it's going to mean for their place. Do they have a spot? Do they not have a spot? All of these different things are, are very real concerns and, you know, connect with them and, and get to know them. And then you, you can proceed from there. So that's the number one thing I'd say. Uh, secondly, um, is you do have to start, you know, finding the spots where you can set a, a tone for the type of culture and the type of team that you want to be. And it's not a, like early on, you're not going to do a lot of sort of pronouncements, right? Like you're not going to get up there and speak to the, speak to the club about like, this is who we are going to be. The first part of that is going to be a lot of listening and a lot of learning about who the club actually is at the moment um, and where the organization is, how it got to where it is, um, what are the strengths weaknesses and you got to do that by asking questions having conversations with people um you know i think one of the best things that i i did over over the years is make it a habit to try and talk to as many people as possible within whatever the organization is um you know sometimes that's you know if i'm at an academic institution if i'm at a college or a university you know that would be you know speaking with everyone in the athletic department speaking with other head coaches within the the sport program 
um, speaking with people in, in academic advising, speaking with people with faculty members, like just trying to just trying to, to, to till the ground a little bit as much as possible and, and learn as much as possible about what is the actual starting point from which I am trying to move the team forward. Where are we in the eyes and in the minds of the people that are around us? Um, and you don't do that by sitting by yourself. You don't do that in front of a computer. You don't do that, you know, typing away. You don't do that writing in a notebook. You, you do that by talking to people um, and by having conversations. So maybe coaches um, need to, you know, have a game plan for how they're going to go about having those conversations and have a list of everyone you would like to touch base with. And you might not get through that list in a week or a month, right? It might be two months. Um, but you know, you have to start that process and, um, I would suggest starting in kind of concentric circles, right? Like you start with a circle, that's the, the very proximate sort of team managers, staff, like that sort of piece. And then the circle is a little bit larger and you're talking about the department or you're talking about, you know, other coaches within the, within the, the, the club. And then you're going a bit wider and you're going a bit wider and you're going a bit wider and, you know, you might not get to the widest um, chunk of the circle until months down the line. But, you know, if you have a little bit of a plan like that, you can you can probably start knocking off some really important conversations that will educate you and inform what you do. Um, and and if you have education and you it makes it's going to make you better, uh, you're going to make better decisions early on. So that's the, the next thing I would say. You got to talk to people and you got to learn um, as much as you can about the organization and where the organization is right now. Mm. Um, and how it got there is helpful to know a little bit because you might learn about some of the mistakes that were made or you're going to pick up a lot of helpful information about, you know, um, how things worked well in some cases and didn't work well in other cases. And you can, you, you can start to learn what matters to people by the way that they describe what happened, you know? Um, and you got to take it with a grain of salt. You know, you can't take it as gospel across the board because people are going to have agendas and people are going to have, you know, different perspectives on things and you just need to take it all in. Yeah. Right. Um, and process it. And then the next piece in terms of like progressing from that is definitely you need to start building your, your, um, your coaching staff. Um, and uh, if that's one assistant, if that's three assistants, whatever the case may be, do you have a sport performance? Do you have a sports psychologist? You know, like whatever, whatever your staff is, you might inherit some staff. And so there's going to obviously as part of that concentric circle, um, you know, as part of the bullseye on that, you know, you're going to be speaking with any sort of staff that you've inherited um, to see whether or not, you know, you, you are aligned and you can continue to work together positively. Um, but definitely now you're at the stage where you have to build the, um, the coaching infrastructure and the support infrastructure around your team. Um, and, uh, and then, of course, you are looking at your roster and you're thinking about your competition, you're thinking about your talent level, you're thinking about whether it's recruitment or, you know, free agency or whatever it is that you, whatever environment you are in. And if it's at a 14U level, you know, it might just be a numbers game, you know, hey, we, we were four or five numbers short. So we got to get, you know, see if we can get a couple friends to come out uh, of our players to join the team and, 
and to do different things. So, you know, the, the exact specifics of that are going to vary according to everyone's different environment. But I, I, I like to think of it, and I know myself, when I take on a new role, I kind of progress in this way. Um, and But the number one thing, number one thing is you, you need to get to know your um, your team, your athletes, um, and the people that are connected to them, whether that's their families or their, you know, their direct support uh, group. If they're children, you got to get to know their parents, uh, and uh, and even if they're in, even if they are not minors, uh, even if they are not children, you 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 usually need to get to get to know their families and their parents um, or their significant others if they're senior players, right? They're this is all part of it. Uh, this is all part of it. And it's, it's a fun part. Like I said, it's, this is one of the fun aspects of taking on a new role because you're getting to meet either new people or you're getting to meet the same people, but in a different way, mm. right? Coming from a, being in that role is just going to change things. And, and you should be ready for that as well. If you are an assistant, for example, moving into um, a head, a head coaching role, the way people look at you, interact with you, the way people, maybe their guards are up a little bit more, um, you know, and whatnot. You're, as the assistant coach, you're often kind of a more accessible coaching figure. You're a little bit more, um, you know, being a sounding board for the players. Whereas at the head coach, you need, as a head coach, you need to make decisions. Um, and oftentimes those decisions involve bad news. And so there's just a change in, in dynamic there. Um, but yeah, that's where I would start. Uh, I want to ask a question here, which is rather of interest is sort of how you approach, you know, when you're first coming in. Um, one of the things I, I've done in a couple of most jobs that I've gone into is I've actually asked for, um, I've asked for team photos or team or, or, or 40, you know, team photos or stuff, ways that I can identify players to names so that I'm able to identify faces and names, which means I'm able to take that. I'm able to know who I'm talking to when I speak to them. How important is it yeah. to get a personal connection and a personal touch early on when you're first stepping into this role? You, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. Um, and and that's, that's true in every aspect of life. Um, and it's true in, in coaching. Um, you know, you're, you're, it, you know, you need a game plan for that. It's, it's preparation. So if you, if you want to get to know your opponent and they're who they are, you should really get to know your own team and who they are as well. And that starts with even know, just knowing who they are um, and being able to pull them out of a, pull them out of a lineup. Right. Um, and, you know, and again, it, it varies incredibly across, across the board um, because at youth levels um, maybe there's, there's not a lot of footage or there's no footage. Um, maybe there's, you know, there's a lot of, uh, uh, coming and going in the roster. So, you, you know, there's, it's kind of a lot of fluctuation. Uh, it's not necessarily that there's a, you know, an, an easy, not every situation will have an easy way of accessing, uh, that information. So it might just be, Hey, team meeting, um, you know, information meeting and my name is such and such and nice to meet you. Um, and, uh, you know, you just get around, get around that way. And I think, I think a mistake that many coaches might make is, um, you know, not, not just being willing to, to, to say, Hey, like, 
I'm such and such. And, and what's your name? You know, and just basically put, you know, we, we should never pretend we know something that we don't, you know, Dom suit, right? Remember Dom suit, don't make stuff up. Mm. Um, so if you don't know who they are, just, Hey, that's all good. You know, um, it's the truth. And so being authentic and truthful is more important than, than, you know, maybe not knowing who this particular player is and it might rub them the wrong way or whatever, you know, don't assume they know who you are and, um, you know, go ahead and introduce yourself. And, and, you know, even if you are, you know, maybe they saw a press release or, you know, you have some prominence in your sport or whatever, no one's, no one's too big to, to start with. Hello, my name is, uh, and uh, that that puts everybody kind of at the same level, right? And I think that's a good place to start. We we sort of talking here, you know, about you've got the job, you're going in. Is there anything you can do, for want of a better term, and, and both of us have used this, and I think you used it with me when we were having a conversation about something else once, uh, or another position that we were you were asking about. Is there a way to kick the tires beforehand so that you find out about everything you need to know um, going in, so that you're able to, you know, hit the ground running with the with every everything you need to do in terms of your plan? Yeah, I think it's helpful. You know, I think it's it's um, the more information you have, the more you know, you know, by definition. So, the more you know, the better able you are to probably make good decisions. Um, now, perfect decisions, no. Guaranteed to make good decisions, also no. Like you, you just never know, you know, what's going to be, what's really under the covers, right? Um, until until you pull them back. So I think I think finding out as much information as possible is just good business. I think it's smart. Um, you know, it also, you know, as a coach, it's important. Uh, it's also important that, that we remember that at the end of the day, we are the... Um, we are the commodity, right? Like we are the, uh, the product and the service, so to speak, that we are providing um, and that is being provided to an organization. So, you know, you should do your due diligence uh, as much as you can and, and then, you know, try to, try to go with your gut, try to, try to ask the right people or ask as many people as possible, uh, depending on your approach. But I think it's important to, to just learn as much as you can you got to ask questions. You can't be shy about asking questions. You know, if, um, if there's been success, Hey, what's made it successful. And if there hasn't been success, why hasn't there been success? Um, you know, why is the last person leaving, you know, um, particularly at higher levels, you probably get to know people, right. Uh, especially if these are not, um, uh, international sort of positions where you, you know, you're probably coming from at least the area more or less. Uh, and uh, you, you probably know the person whose role you might be stepping into. So you can just go directly to the source and ask, them, uh, you know, what was it like day to day? Um, you know, what, what is the organization like to work with, you know, to partner with? I think I've said it before and I'll, I think it bears repeating again, like, as, as coaches, you know, we hire the organization um, and it's not, it's not the other way around. They have to be a, a group that you want to partner with. And if they're not, then don't do it. 
A couple more questions before we, we wrap her up. But I, I suppose one question you, you, here is an interesting point is that does any of this change depending on the situation? Does any of the approach have to change? I think so. You know, I, I think it'll be different, um, especially in the means of, of, of application, right? Like if these are ideas and how do you apply them? You know, me trying to communicate with a group of 18 to 24 year olds um, is going to be different than me trying to communicate with a group of 14 year olds. Uh, if I'm stepping into a youth youth team position or if I'm stepping into a, um, a senior position or, or a university position, it's just not the same thing. Um, there are so many different dynamics you have to keep in mind. So the ideas, I think, are, are pretty, pretty consistent across the board. Um, but the way that you would go about applying them in practice will change for sure. Um, and you have to be mindful of, um, you know, that, that first impression matters a lot. Um, but, you know, I think we've, we've discussed it before. Like it's, you're not going to, you're not going to lose the season or you're not going to lose your team based on one day, um, you know, but you're going to just start further back from where you could have been. Uh, and, it might, it might slow you down and so forth. And nor will you win uh, the whole season based on a great first day, but it's something that you can build on and springboard forward from. There, um, there's a really interesting book out there. Um, it's called The First 90 Days. Um, and um, it, 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 it's a business book. It's mainly about the, you know, working in business. Uh, but there are some transferable principles uh, through this. And essentially what the author is trying to do is um, help people moving into new roles, navigate some of that transition in a, in a successful way. Um, so, you know, understanding who kind of matters um, and, you know, making sure that you're building connections and, and how to help your, like, if you, if you report to somebody, you know, how do you help, how do you help them succeed early? Um, and you have a team reporting to you, how do you help them succeed early? Um, getting some early wins, uh, so to speak, creating a positive first impression. There's a whole range of different things, but it's an interesting book that, you know, does not apply across the board to, um, um, to all aspects of sport, but there are certainly some things that, that can be taken away. Um, and I've shared some of those ideas. Not all of them uh, are from that book, but there's a couple ideas that I, I shared here today that, um, you know, come from there. You, we talk about those first 90 days or that first, that first period of time. Um, and you hear them refer to this in other, other worlds, uh, particularly the political world. Um, is there a honeymoon period for a coach? Is there yes. such a thing as a honeymoon period? Yes. Yeah, I believe there is. Um, and and it's, it's a honeymoon period, not in the sense that, you know, everything is fantastic and everybody loves everything. It's not a honeymoon period as in like people have blinders on um, and they're just oblivious to, you know, what, what's happening. It's a honeymoon period to me in the sense that um, there is a benefit of the doubt uh, that is being awarded 
So people might see and be like, like, what is, what is Dave doing? Like, what is David doing with this or that, you know? Well, it's early. Let's, let's, let's see what, how it plays out. Let's see what happens. Right. Um, that's the honeymoon period. And sometimes that's really short. Sometimes that's really long. Um, taking over a team in mid season, as you see in the premier league, you know, or you see in other situations, um, where people kind of step into a team and they play in two days and, and, you know, that honeymoon period is probably pretty short. Um, you know, I think generally speaking, you could probably, if we keep that example, like if you step in on a, you know, you take over on a Saturday and you play on the Tuesday or the Wednesday, you've probably got that Tuesday or Wednesday where it's like, Hey, like, you know, we'll see what happens. We're not going to necessarily, you know, go too far into panic mode if something doesn't go right. But if you get to the following following Tuesday or the following Wednesday, like there's a very quick turnaround where there needs to be progress, right? Whereas if you take on a team in the off season and you have four months, um, you know, between when you take on the role and when you actually have to compete, um, that honeymoon period or that benefit of the doubt period is kind of extended, right? Um, and it varies by level two. It'll be shorter for higher performance environments and longer for uh, more grassroots environments where now the outcomes are a lot more about participation and, and fun and, and these sorts of things. And so I think there is a honeymoon period and I think coaches would be naive to just sort of pass that time along as if it wasn't anything. Um, you need to leverage that time. You need to capitalize upon that time. Often the honeymoon period is the best time to make the hardest, most controversial decisions. Um, if you know that something needs to be done, do it right away, do it early. Don't let it linger. Uh, and, and then try to make that decision or make a, make a tough choice later on. Um, when there's already water under the bridge and, you know, maybe that period, that grace period, so to speak, um, has kind of subsided, right? Um, if, if you know, because of what you learned before you arrived or what you've learned since you arrived, if you know something needs to be done in your opinion and you're convinced of it, do it, do it early. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, you can go and, and, and that way, again, you are kind of, sinking or swimming on your own decisions and not on the decisions of other people. Well, I know that experience because you talk about honeymoon periods. Um, one of the shortest I ever had from a coaching point of view was uh, I had 48 hours. Uh, I was appointed uh, state team coach of a, of, of a state. I had um, 48 hours to basically settle into the job uh, of which uh, eight to ten of those was getting to the venue that I was coaching the national championships at from Perth to Hobart. Um, so that was my prep time. Then I had my I had the rest of that on the ground in Hobart getting to know the players, and then I had to I had a training session somewhere in the middle of that, and then I had to actually front up for the first game. Um, so honeymoon periods can be, as you know, short. You agree, short all long. Uh, in summing up. What's the important thing that coaches need to remember? You step, you've stepped into this new role. What's the, what's the important thing they need to remember to make sure they, I guess they, not that they get it right, but they get off on the right foot. Yes. 
The number one thing is that if you are trying to figure out what to do once you've already arrived, you're too late. Coaches need a plan. Coaches need a plan for what they are going to do when they step into a role. Um, and they need to be ready to implement the plan. They need to be ready to adapt the plan as needed. Um, but they can't be figuring it out as they go along. Um, better to have a plan, implement it, and then reassess once you hit the ground running than to try and figure it out by the seat of your pants as you are literally building the plane as you're trying to fly it. Um, that's, that's never a recipe for success. And beyond that, I would say, you know, keep the focus on the people, keep the focus on, you know, meeting people, getting to know people, learning about people, learning about their stories, understanding what their experience with the organization or with the team or with the club or with the, whatever it is, what, what is their experience like, what works, what doesn't work, what they like, what they don't like. It, it, it's going to allow you to build relationships. It's going to allow you to establish yourself as a good listener and somebody that cares about what they have to say about things. Um, don't, don't put your focus into like tactics and systems and process and that sort of stuff. Um, you know, that'll come and that matters, but it's going to come later on down the line. Uh, keep the focus on meeting people, meeting your players, you know, go in the, you know, think about those concentric circles and get to know the club, get to know the people that are connected to the organization. And, um, you know, if you do that, then by the time you turn around and you start working on, okay, this is what our day-to-day -day, um, sort of process is going to be. And these are the policies that matter to me and, and all that sort of stuff. You're gonna, your culture is going to grow quicker because you'll be building it and establishing it and introducing it um, with the knowledge of what the, what the reality on the ground actually is. Mm. Um, and sometimes coaches just come in and like cookie cutter, this is, this is, we're going to do it this way because I've done it everywhere else this way. You know, that's probably not likely to work because you're coming into a new spot. You, you got to take the time to figure out what's going to work, what's not going to work. And to do that, you need to get to know people, mm. talk to people, make it about people. And if you do that, you know, the rest of that stuff is going to come along because you're in the role for a reason. So back yourself and have confidence um, that you're going to be able to figure it out. Um, but, you know, put that focus on the people and, you know, establishing yourself as a, as a good interpersonal, um, you know, relationship builder. And, and then the rest of it is the time will come for the rest of it. But that's, that's, that's the takeaway. Have a plan and make sure that that plan focuses on building relationships. Well, David, again, thank you. I know this was uh, a short, sharp one today, and, and I'm, we, I'm sure we, we can come back to it at another, at another, another date, another time. Uh, but thank you again for being, being with us, and uh, we'll catch you again next week. I appreciate it, Jerome, and I appreciate all the coaches out there. Keep up the great work, everyone. I, I wish you all the best. See you next week.